You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle, and I am joined by Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon will be running a little bit late, but he is here. Boys, because I always forget, and I'm looking at Brendan Chagru's face, if you want to find Jack on Twitter, his newfound fame, over a thousand followers, round of applause for that one, at Bear Down Jack. Logan Bradley, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's Bear Down Bradley. He might get 200 followers by the end of this month. Who knows? It might happen. It might happen. Brennan Shagru, he is an assistant editor of Bears Wire, a fantastic dude. And you can find him at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. And Patrick Sheldon at P underscore Shells. Also, you can read him on the Del Windy City as part of the Fan Sided Network. All right, so boys, we got a little preseason game going on. It was kind of fun to watch. Jack, we were there. What'd you think, dude? It was fun. It was a great day. And it's I think it's always it still is enjoyable to go to Soldier. What'd you think? What'd you think about the game? I had a good time, but I was reminded of why I want the Bears to go to Arlington Heights. Just getting from the train to Soldier Field, it, you know, it was a beautiful day and we like literally cannot complain about anything about that. That was absolutely gorgeous. We had, you know, it's a, it's a, about a two mile walk from the train station to, to Soldier Field. It, we had perfect weather for all that. You look at the field itself though, and you're just like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's why we want to go there. Pretty sure they had a concert the night before. I mean, just some of the quotes that have come out about the condition of the field. I think Brendan posted some great nuggets as well. And to me, that was kind of like the tipping point for if you're not going to do anything with the field, let's just go ahead and move to Arlington Heights. Logan, on the other hand, got to see like a real NFL stadium. It's a SoFi Stadium in LA. I, I think I've talked about it before because I went on a tour of it a few months ago. It's 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 not the same sport in terms of just stadiums. It's like you, I saw those pictures of Soldier Field, and it looks like a Park District Little League field. That's what the playing surface looks like for an NFL stadium. So looking at that and then going to SoFi later at night was just hilarious. It was funny seeing those pictures that you that you texted and just seeing the beautiful landscape of like the mountains in the background. I mean, just seats everywhere. It looked so beautiful. And then going back to everybody at the game, posting those pictures of Soldier Field, it just looked like blah, just run down. And I mean, I know that's totally not the case aside from the field. And I'm going to really get mad about that later. But just such a difference in those pictures and seeing that. And we want that. We are, you're right. That's two totally different sports that we're watching just playing on those fields. Guys, I don't know if you noticed, but a familiar face came back as part of the Kansas city chiefs during Saturday's game. And that was Matt Nagy. Remember him? Remember that guy? He's back. And surprisingly enough, he hasn't sold his house yet. Can you believe it? That giant mansion 
He has not sold it after putting it on the market months ago. You know what? He probably would have sold it if he had our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area? There is one person and one person only, Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Make sure you contact Jeff today to learn more. Visit GenevaJeff.com or call or text him at 630-254-4734. It wasn't surprising perhaps to see Matt Nagy get another haircut at Soldier Field. See what I did there, guys? Did you see that? I don't get it. I was going to say, I actually don't get it. I don't understand. What do you? I got it, Jeff. It's okay. Don't worry. Thanks, Brennan. Well, he lost again. So anyway, Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. I'm really excited about our guest today, guys. And I think you may have heard me say I'm excited about a guest before, but I really, really am. Now, Todd Welter and I have had a chance to to talk back and forth, both via Twitter through some DMs, and I'm I've got like stories that I want to hear from him. Uh, so, just so you all know, folks, he writes for Dewindy City, which Patrick Sheldon also writes for Dewindy City. He also writes for the Dairyland Express, also a part of the Fan Sided Network. And this is crazy because Todd is a diehard Bears fan who worked for the. Packers Radio Network. Todd, thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. How are you, dude? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. All right. So first question right out of the gates. What was that like working for the enemy? I mean, I know you got you to put food on your table. You got to pay the bills. But like of all the teams in the NFL, right, there's 31 that you're like, or 30 of them, you could, I, I could, I could go and cheer for them. I would be fine with that. But you were working for the Packers radio network. What was that like? Uh, well, I wore Bears gear every single time I worked. So every Sunday, that's the first thing. Um, and my dad refused to acknowledge my employment for about six years. <laughs> so yeah, I worked for the Packers radio network from 04 to uh, 2010. Uh, I was originally the call screener from 04 to 05 on the post game. So there's nothing like hearing um, oh angry Packer fans. Yeah. And that that's actually, um, especially 05, that was Mike Sherman's last year. So that was the year they went four and 12. So there's a lot of angry Packer fans and I had to screen those calls and just imagine the ones um, that never made it to air. You know, the ones that <laughs> didn't make it to air about how awful Mike Sherman was and how many interceptions Brett Favre was throwing. It was time to move on. I also had to do the ones that never made it there where it's like, um, you know, you are not smart, but then again, they're Packers fans. Uh, <laughs> then from, I, I, for two seasons, I actually cut out, I, I got to do the highlights, which, um, you know, saved my sanity. Cause if I had to hear more angry Packers fans, I probably would have gone to the roof. And then for three, the final three years that I was there, um, I actually ran the board and um, usually did the first half and the pregame. Um, and there was one time I uh, was uh, in a wedding and I had to get back 
for the pregame the next morning. And needless to say, Dennis Krause looked at me with the worst look anybody could ever look at as I am hovered over a trash can. Um, <laughs> because I uh, had a little fun, too much fun the night before. But uh, yeah, there there were some interesting stories. Uh, I can definitely tell stories about when you heard down the line with uh, trade, you know, uh, turncoat Wayne Larrabee and how he thought he knew everything about football and Larry McCarron, their analyst being like, Wayne, you know, nothing. Cause you never put on a jack strap. Wayne, that's what you hear. Wayne. Okay. Uh, okay. So you talk to me a little bit about that because I, I'm a like ginormous Jeff Joniak fan. Like I know people talked about the Wayne Larrabee times when he was, you know, doing the play by play for the bears, but I like, I love Joniak and I've listened to Wayne Larravee and I'm, I mean, I, you know, I get it, but I'm not a fan. Like what was that whole situation like? Um, so I never really talked to Wayne about that situation, but I, I grew up with Wayne Larravee. Uh, he was the play by play voice throughout my entire youth. So it was kind of like, Oh my gosh, I'm working for my hero. Um, from what I understand, it's just, um, you know, it was a money thing. And then he kind of spun, the uh you know i've always been a diehard packer fan my entire life and that's why i got the packer job um that's what i heard um the engineer would always tell me that oh wayne's a diehard bear fan that, that's what he'd always still tell me um but from what i understand you know it was a kind of a money grab and that's why he went up north uh that's the un uh the uh unofficial uh what he uh why he made the decision to go but uh you know I remember in the beginning listening to Joniak and Joniak took a lot of time to find his voice. Now I think Joniak is great now, but in the beginning it was woof. I mean, honestly, especially cutting up some of his early highlights. Um, but then I think honestly, Devin Hester was the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, you know, with the, you're ridiculous. Uh, a lot of his calls were great on those. Um, I do remember the Nathan Basher return uh, for a touchdown. He actually blew out the ISDN line. So our highlight is, you know, Nathan Basher to the tent, to the five, you know, he's doing all this stuff. And then soldier feeling on his feet. And there's this big boom because he blew out the line. So that was our highlight is him blowing up uh, the line instead of the actual nice, clean, uh, you know, Basher scores from 108 yards. That's that's insane. Uh, you know what? And it's funny is because as a fan, we like we probably don't hear much about any of that stuff. You just you hear the really cool replays and most of us are probably watching it on TV. But remember a couple times like, you know, driving back, you know, somewhere in college or something along those lines and listening to the game and just Joni X the man. Yeah. And like, for example, when we always had to use the Packers Network, when we had to use the calls, we always used Joni X. We never used um, the other team's calls. You know, you could have, you know, some, you know, Bob Papa, some of the other great radio voices, but we always use Jeff Joniak. And as I, said, I think he really found his stride right around that Super Bowl year. And now he's, I think he's probably one of the top five radio play-by-play voices. Uh, Wayne, though, I mean, I'll admit I, I, I still like Wayne's calls. Um, Wayne, uh, there was nothing like it when he called me once from the golf course. I could tell he had a few drinks for an update on something, you know, and my nickname at WTMJ was the llama. So there's nothing like Larry being like, llama, what's the score of the Brewers game? And I'm like, well, you've, <laughs> you've had a few sips uh, on that. 
I'm hoping Wayne doesn't hear this because I, I, you know, I, I know he can. He like, for example, doesn't like the score after that whole uh, more arrogance from that Matt Nagy. So I don't want him to keep a grudge against me. Wait, 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 hold on. I have a couple questions. But why were you called Llama? So I produced for uh, Bill Michaels. He was the main sports talk, and he's actually one of the big voices up here in Wisconsin because I live in Wisconsin. We can get into that later. Um, he said I was. He reminded me of, I reminded him of a llama. Um, I was either too ugly to be, you know, like what you would think of a llama, you know, so that's, or, um, you know, I think that was how they originated. And then he just called me the llama. And then I had a blog uh, on WTMJ that was called the llama laments. So I had to really embrace being a llama. I like that you steered into that. I, I, I respect that. And I mean, geez, that's me. For what I will say, you are a good looking man, Todd. So I, I don't want anyone to tell you otherwise. But my other question. So you said you work from the Packers Network until 2010. I'd like to think that after hearing Wayne Larrabee do his stupid blanking and there is your dagger like that's that's you saying okay i'm out they just beat the bears at the nfc championship game i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to hear that anymore uh yeah no the reason why i left and you know i I would say for any young broadcaster that's listening to this um don't stick in a toxic situation um and it just got to be um kind of a toxic situation um, not with Bill, not with Wayne, not with the Packers Radio Network, not with my program I mean, director. There's a lot of great people that I worked with, but there are some people that you directly report to that can make the thing a very toxic situation. Um, so, yeah, you don't want to stick around in that situation. So that's why I eventually left um, was also, you know, the pay was never great. Um, so at some point you you're dealing with all this stress. You're dealing with all the long hours that you're putting into for a little bit of pay and they're dangling a carrot in front of you. And you're like, you know what, this carrot's never going to turn real. So you eventually just have to be like, you know what, there's freelance gigs out there. I'm going to go do this. Now I will say um, I did once remix uh, dagger to walk this way though. And uh, that was one of my um, (laughs) uh, greatest production accomplishments. I heard Wayne didn't like it that much though, but I did that once you know, the, the, the dagger. But um, I will say uh, when he, when he did a premature, a dagger, that was always fun to uh, see, you know, they would say there's the dagger the premature. Uh, and then, you know, the Packers would end up losing. We always called that a premature dagulation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just curious within that work environment, did, did everybody know that you were a Bears fan? Like, did you make it known or was it more of just like you kind of, kept yourself in the shadows a little bit from that perspective. Oh, that they knew. And, um, trust me. Um, uh, one time I posted on Facebook, you know, I'm wearing nothing but bears garb while running the Packers radio network. And my coworker said, you're an idiot. Um, so I think that's what maybe capped me, uh, in the Wisconsin market. I don't know, but it's a lot easier to get into radio, um, in Wisconsin. And I went to Marquette and, you know, I got an internship at TMJ and they kept on giving me more responsibilities. So that's one of the reasons why I stuck around. What is one of the worst things a Packer fan said to you that you can say on a family-ish podcast? I'm a loser for not letting them on the air that I remember. Like the guy, I, I, I screened him out and then he's like, and he calls back. He's like, I just want to let you know, you're just a loser in life. And I was like, 
you had to call and tell me that I'm a loser in life. But thank you to really make that point well known. And I just said, well, your point was loserish. So, wow, man, Todd, we, we do not think you are a loser. Uh, no, Todd, Todd, the bears just played a football game. I don't know if you, if you got to see that it was a preseason game nonetheless, but still a game wondering if there was any players that kind of stood out to you or anything about the game that you're like, you know, really thinking about here a little bit more than 24 hours after it happened. Wait, the bears played. No, I can't. Yeah. Uh, the game was on the uh, NFL network up here. Um, I also got the uh, NFL network thing. The, the first guy that stood out and I, I took copious notes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say the guy that stood out right away to me, at least uh, defensively was uh, Tyrese Tonga. He just ate up blockers right away. And I really liked how he exploded off the line. I'm really interested to see, you know, I know they're going from the three, four to the four, three, but can they integrate him into taking up some, some linemen that allow Jacobs to maybe uh, penetrate through, uh, you know, Tristan Ebner, uh, Jack Sanborn really, uh, you know, stood out. Um, I really liked, uh, you know, Tajay Sharp, I thought had, you know, two nice grabs um, that he stood out a lot. Uh, Dominique Robinson was somebody that I was watching a lot of. Um, and I thought he got a nice, you know, that nice sack, even though he came free, um, he, he looked really good. And then I'll say uh, Braxton Jones, uh, I think he held his own. Um, that was definitely a, um, you know, that's a gamble that you're going to take to have somebody from Southern Utah and a fifth round pick to protect Justin Fields' blind side. But I think he really held his own. And I think he only got beat once when I really watched, I think Kyle Loftus beat him once. Otherwise, you know, holding your own against Frank uh, Clark. And then he owned Dana. I mean, he just, he owned that matchup. I don't know what you guys saw being uh, field level, but those are some of the guys that stood out to me. I, I texted or sorry, tweeted it out rather that while we're sitting next to Jack, does Braxton Jones look as good on TV? Cause you know, there's up close angles and things that we can't see, but you know, from the South end zone where we were, it, he, he looked awesome. Just great. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote down one of the notes where um, I think fields, you know, got sprung for that. Um, when he sprung for that, uh, I think that 10 yard gain, you know, Jones get, you know, you know, Dana gets a step on him, but then Jones just kind of quickly turns, uses his massive frame and his hands to just kind of push him out of the way. So I thought that was really good. And yeah, he, he looked impressive. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter too, cause I was, you know, prepping for this was, was really impressed by, um, you know, saying that he was probably the only guy on the first line, uh, um, the first string offensive line that was at least good. Um, I think, pretty much everybody but Schofield actually played pretty, pretty okay. You know, Schofield, uh, that was a rough one. I was definitely expecting a lot more from him um, and hoping a lot more from him. I, I, I thought that was the better signing of between him and Reef, but it didn't look like it yesterday. I mean, he's also going up against Chris Jones, who's easily one of the best defensive tackles. So it's, it, it is really, when it comes to preseason, it's so hard because we are just hanging on very limited reps for most of these guys, especially the starters. So we are clinging to every single play. So yeah, at Schofield, it was a struggle, but I think sometimes we need to bring it back and say, okay, that was like one rep out of 15 and yeah, it sucked, but hopefully it's, it doesn't, it's not like a preview of what's to come. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't think they gave him a lot of help. I think they wanted to see a lot of one-on-one matchups 
you know, I was seeing a lot of one-on-one blocking, you know, snap the ball center looks for somebody to block, but otherwise they were just trying to see who can match up one-on-one. Um, so I agree with that. You know, I, I, I would like to think that if this was a real regular NFL, you know, season game, they would give them some help against a heck of a defensive tackle. Todd, if we take a look at the ebbs and flows of the time in which polls has held the seat so far, and it's been a roller coaster, how do you assess it so far? You know, if you, if you take the high highs and some of the low lows, are, and also, are you buying the long-term plan? Are you a buyer or a seller on the polls plan to date? I'm a buyer on the long-term plan because I was thinking back that the last time I think the Bears really went with true development, true, hey, we're going to draft and develop was starting in 1999 when they got Erlacher and Brown, and then you saw they strung together some classes, and then, boom, you get to the Super Bowl. What happened was then we get into this immediate gratification where let's just sign a bunch of free agents. Let's just keep plugging holes with free agents, even though a lot of those free agents was because of draft misses and the inability to develop. So I think switching to this draft and develop is actually something that you look at what some of the more successful franchises do. I mean, this is what Green Bay does. They draft and develop. They rarely, if ever, go into free agency to um, either, you know, uh, to their detriment in this case, to um, enhance their roster or to supplement their roster. You know, they're always, it seems like there's always some random guy that they're just plugging in and he turns out to be a good player. Um, the ups and downs, you know, I, I'll say this with Ryan Poles. I think it's not the greatest look when you start out, like when, you know, your first major signing, you have to, uh, you know, cancel the contract on, um, you don't, you only get Bayless Jones Jr. Who I think is going to be a really good playmaker. Um, but that's all you give to address your wide receivers. Um, but then again, you get 11 picks and that's what I was hoping for. Um, I wrote a lot on, the Windy City about a hey, trade down, trade down, trade down, get volume. Um, so I think, you know, it's just what I even think if Ryan Pace was still in charge and he had these situations, these are just things that you're facing as a general manager in today's NFL. Todd, I don't think anybody's going to be waiting on the Bears to make the playoffs this year, but I think that there's also a lot of different factors that can go into this being a successful Bears season. So from your point of view, what do you think at the end of the season would constitute a success from the 2022 Bears perspective? Yeah, excellent question. Um, Right away, Justin Fields making some sort of a leap, Um, whether it's, is it a Jalen Hurts, like what he did last year type leap? Is it even, you know, I think a lot of people are comparing, you know, can we at least get a Josh Allen second year leap? You know, I'm just looking at, can we get, you know, can he make, can he process the information? Can he kind of look at least, you know, I thought he looked okay yesterday. So can he look better as he keeps going along throughout the season? I think that'll be the biggest thing. Um, I would also say, can we get Tevis Gibson? Can he get to double digit sacks? Cause I have a big feeling that Robert Quinn's going to be moved for the trade deadline. Um, so you want to be able to uh, develop another pass rusher. Um, I would say the offensive line, at least starting to come together. Um, and showing improvement, you know, let's say week one, yeah, Nick Bosa just destroys, uh, you know, everybody, the line, but then you get to that Minnesota Vikings game at the end of the year, and they're really holding their own. Um, I think that would be success. It's all about can they just keep taking those steps forward? Um, Can they get Darnell Mooney 
healthy and through 17 games. You know, I'm still holding my breath because, you know, I, I think some people are forgetting about the 2017 season because that was the worst collection of wide receivers ever. Not this year, but one of the biggest reasons was Cam Meredith goes down in the preseason. So I like to see, you know, maybe can somebody else, not only Darnell Mooney, get through the preseason healthy, uh, but get through the season healthy, have a good season. And, um, you know, somebody on the wide receiver course step up, you know, that I would consider a successful season. And, you know, I'm thinking I still have him at seven wins. Hey, Todd, I, I thought uh, Matt Eberflus had a pretty good game, but in a somewhat unconventional move, what, do you, what are your thoughts on him not taking a delay a game out of a timeout? Seemed kind of weird. What, do you, what are your thoughts on <laughs> and then maybe taking another timeout after that? Any thoughts on such an unconventional move for maybe first-year head coach Jitters, or what do you think? Uh, well, I mean – Shells, I'm just going to say that uh, I'm not really judging him on his first uh, NFL uh, preseason game. I was actually more paying attention to the sequencing from uh, from Getze, you know, and I thought Getze actually uh, called a, a decent game. You know, that screen pass was uh, a little questionable on third down. Um, but otherwise, I think, you know, I was more looking at the more of the play calls because the grand scheme of things, everything's just so vanilla what's going on. I mean, it's preseason. So if you're going to make mistakes, make them now. Um, so I honestly was more paying attention to uh, Getze and uh, his play calling. And because after the Matt Nagy years, you want to make sure, do we actually have an offensive play caller? That's my, my main thing. He still thinks he's God's gift to play calling. And if, if players would have just, you know, bought in, to the 101 or 201 or 30, whatever it was. I just, I, I'm so, Todd, I'm a little mad at you right now because I keep saying I'm not going to talk about Matt Nagy and then I get talking about Matt Nagy. Well, let, let's well, talk about Matt Eberflus. You know, I, I joked around, obviously, referring to, to Nagy's pension for taking the timeout and then a delay game immediately after, but I thought Eberflus had a really, really good game. Uh, just from an organizational standpoint, they look prepared. There were really no stupid, dumb penalties. They looked disciplined. And I'm saying a lot of this just to try to get Ryan Dangle over into the pro Matt Eberflus camp. I recognize that fully. But uh, guys, what do you think about Matt Eberflus's first game as a Chicago Bear head coach? I thought greatly because I didn't think anything about the head coach. And that was the first time I thinking about what since Lovey. No, I, I can't even think. That's probably the first time I've never – I've walked away from a bear game going, I'm not really worried about the head coach. Um, I like the CEO approach. I mean, let's face it, the bears, you know, the McCaskies went with what they knew and what they know, what they feel comfortable with is a defensive coach. And uh, as you know, we know in the NFL today, it's more, Hey, let's get our offensive guy. That way he can be with us. But you know, they've tried that now twice and it's been an unmitigated disaster. So I have no problem with them going with what they know. And I think, you know, Eberflus did do a good job of being the CEO. Um, so that's where I'm more, uh, I'm actually excited. I'm buying into the Eberflus. I'm buying into the hits. I think I'm going to get a shirt with the hits principles on it. Uh, I'm adopting my whole entire life to the hits principle. And in fact, if there was a church, I'd go to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not as sold, but I'm sure we'll 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 talk about that throughout the the next couple of weeks. Todd, we want to say thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Now, again, one more time, you write for Dewindy City. 
the Dairyland Express. Um, for some reason, if our listeners are not following me on Twitter, how do they get after you? At Todd J. Dub with two Ds. Todd, thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast, man. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Todd. Guys, that was really, really fun with Todd Walter. I mean, for those who don't know, and maybe not everybody's on Twitter, but Todd is like one of the most positive Twitter follows out there. He is like uplifting everybody. And to actually get to talk with him and just hear those stories about his days working the Packers radio, that was such a that was such a fun interview. I couldn't do it. I I I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't put on anything green bay i I don't i wouldn't want to get checks from from anything associated with green bay like i people are like hey do you want to go and visit lambeau and i'm like no why would i want to go why ryan i disagree i think it would be great to actually take the packers money everybody you're always paying money (laughs) into teams these fans these idiot fans are buying 300 worth of pieces of paper that your own quarterbacks that are worthless yet you are getting checks from that organization and taking their money while still flaunting your bears gear i actually think it was genius he's stealing from the backers it's true it's true that reminds me of uh my brother-in-law pitched for the Dodgers for a little bit. And he's originally from the Chicago area and like his family is diehard white Sox fans. So John made a start at Wrigley field and his dad didn't even go to the game because he refuses to set foot in Wrigley field. He hates the Cubs that much that he didn't go watch his son pitch. If it was was my kid, then I, then everything goes out the window. Like, wow. I think so. (laughs) All right. So boys, there's a lot to talk about in a very short span of time in which to do it. I'm excited because Logan crushed the, 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 the hosting job that he did last time. It was, it was so, so freaking good. Brendan did a great job. Shells did a great job. We have to have Jack's takeover before the season starts, which I'm excited to get to that, but I'm excited to be back in the hosting seat and with all the original crew. Um, for those that have been listening, we've been going around the NFC North. And so I got to talk to some awesome Viking fans and I can't believe I'm going to utter these words, some awesome Packer fans. We've got some awesome lion fans coming up, uh, later this week. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to you guys, to talk to the regular crew here. So I'm going to put this question out here before we go back to one of my favorites that we haven't done in a while. So boys, from each of you, I want to hear one player that really stood out to you from this preseason game and one player that you are worried about with both of these gentlemen, a player that you're excited about and a player that you're worried about, please keep these brief because we've got a lot to talk about, as well as there are no repeats. For this one, we're going to go Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and I will finish it up. Wow. Thank you for letting me go first because these are always tough. Um, So you guys know from the text chain, one person that I was really, really impressed with, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it, Trent Gill, uh, our punter, he was unbelievable. Um, you know, uh, I, I just thought he was tremendous with placement and distance. Uh, so really, really hoping that continues through the regular season, especially when we get to the really bad weather. As far as a disappointment, you know, I don't want to go like super concerned, ring, ring the uh, sound the alarm bell, but Tevin Jenkins, I mean, I, you know, just how they used him. Uh, maybe it's just getting him back up to speed, but his usage concerned me a little bit my most impressive player i can't believe we haven't talked about him really yet and it's kind of a surprise but it's jack sanborn 
I mean, Jack Sanborn stole the show in Saturday's game. He led the team with seven tackles, all of which were solo. He had the interception. He had the fumble recovery. Both of those turnovers led to 10 points. I mean, he was literally the start of the second half, and I think he really was the catalyst for that comeback victory. So I'm really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the preseason. He was always a dark horse to potentially make the team, and we're seeing that. We're seeing the hype is, is pretty real with him. Uh, the player I'm most concerned about didn't play yesterday. It's Roquan Smith. I mean, I feel like this might be like an easy out, but just what a week guys Roquan Smith has had. I don't think we've talked about it since all of the trade requests, the alleged somebody calling other teams on his behalf to gauge trade interest. It's so messy. And the fact that both Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles came out this week and said, hey, our commitment is to try to get this guy signed, but we're also going to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. Now he's missed one preseason game. Something's got to give soon because we're every day we're getting closer and closer to the regular season. Quite honestly, if we if we just had to choose who we thought was most impactful, I would I would choose the two that you chose. I, I thought we, we, we upgraded uh, from O'Donnell to Gill with the punter, three inside, the 10 was amazing. He flashed. Jack Sanborn flashed. They were playmakers more and more since camp. I'm looking for guys who flash and who are playmakers. I liked more than anybody Tristan Ebner. Uh, he uh, did a really nice job carrying the ball. I think he's fast. I think he cuts well. Uh, and I think our running back room looks really good, three or four deep. I'm concerned about Kyler Gordon, mainly because we haven't seen him. And I'd like to, especially after seeing Brisker fly fly all over the field and be such a game changer. Mm, you little scoundrel there, Jack, right? Talking about who I wanted to talk about, which is Jaquan Brisker, who was flying around the field. He was playing in a way that it almost looked like the game was not too fast for him, um, which is really, really encouraging to see. I think that from day one, it's it's pretty obvious that he's going to be a game changer on that defense. And then in terms of somebody that I'm concerned about, people who know offensive line and are smarter than me seem very concerned with Michael Schofield. So I'm just going to say that. It seemed like he, he was having some issues. For me, gentlemen, I can't believe this name hasn't been taken yet. Braxton Jones, when he got pulled, you know, I, I I think I saw a couple different people tweet about it. The fact that he's being pulled as early as he was means the coaching staff has seen what they need to see. I tweeted it out. Jack and I were, were lucky enough to be at the game. And, you know, we asked like, is he as good? Because, and you, you heard us when we were talking with Todd about it. If, if they got this, this guy, a starting left tackle, in the fifth round and he's a rookie now i understand it's preseason try not to get too excited but he looked really really good we were jack and i were having quite a few conversations about it and uh, i'm I'm kind of excited i'm taking a cop out and to what i'm worried about and gentlemen that's just the offensive line i am really really worried about this offensive line uh braxton jones looked really good the rest of that line really, really worries me. Justin Fields had very little time. Now, granted, it was a really, really, really good Kansas City defensive line, but I'm 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 worried and I don't know. Would you be surprised to know that Justin Fields has actually had the fifth most time to throw in the preseason? Would that surprise you, Mr. Dangle? Wow. It, it would surprise me. He didn't look comfortable. 
Well, that that's probably a different argument. That's I don't know that that's all the offensive line, but he has had a decent amount of time to throw compared to the other quarterbacks in the preseason. I know it was only seven passes, but shells. Then, then, then I guess I will take my comment back. Then I guess, then I'm guess I'm worried about Justin Fields. Uh, you know, maybe it's the lack of wide receiver help. Uh, the pass that was thrown to Darnell Mooney that people were and Jack, please, you know, let me know what you think about this. But I turned to Jack and I said, that wasn't a great ball. That was an amazing catch by Darnell Mooney, who kind of had to turn around a little bit. It was a little bit underthrown. Jack, coach me up, coach, because because maybe I'm wrong about that. I would, wouldn't mind seeing it a couple more times, but it did seem as though Mooney had a step or two on the DB. And then if he had been led, he might be able to catch it in stride and take it to the house. Shells, you beat me to it. I was going to point out that he had uh, the fifth most time to actually drop back. But um, I wrote about this in my takeaways following the game that I think it was something where Justin Fields looked a little too relaxed in the pocket for my liking at, at certain times. I think he was a little slow, maybe not as urgent with trying to pick up certain blitzes. I remember the screen pass that went to Khalil Herbert, it felt like it was a little late. He kind of telegraphed it a little bit and it was batted down. I think he, and maybe that's like a good problem to have at this point. He's kind of testing his limits to see what he can get away with in the preseason in the pocket. So I I think he was fine, but I think I needed to see a little urgency. So there was something that wasn't totally perfect there. Maybe maybe that was it, at least in my eyes. I I love this because it teases something I'm going to get to later in the show, but go watch JT O'Sullivan's breakdown at the QB school. Everything we're talking about is it's, it's fantastic. So before you pass judgment on any of the plays, go watch the breakdown and then maybe, you know, digest that for a bit. You may have a new perspective on, on how he played. It was very interesting. Last thing that I'll say is it's preseason. So I try not to be too excited or too mad about anything. We we don't know what's actually going to happen. I just, I, at that moment when halftime came around, I was pretty unhappy with the way that our first and second string players were playing. Just going to put that out there. It's preseason. Let's move on. Boys, I'm excited. We haven't done this in a while, and I've got some good ones for you. It is time to play true-false. We have not done true-false in a while. Boys, you know how this works. Just make sure you pay attention to the statement so you know whether to say that it is true or it is false. I will try to move it around a little bit. So, gentlemen, you're going to have to pay attention to your order and the statement that is said. I know it's a lot of focusing, but I believe in all of you. I think we're going to get to most uh, most of the topics here, but gentlemen, I will remind you, please keep your comments brief. There is a lot to talk about here. So we're going to start off with true-false. For this one, we're going to go the exact same order that we just went. That will be Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and I will finish it up. And then boys, after that, we will kind of move it around and have different people responding at different times. You feel better about this offensive line after Saturday's game. True. Absolutely. For the reasons that I just stated, go watch JTO Sullivan's uh, breakdown and that Justin Fields had the fifth most time to throw uh, of any quarterback in the preseason. They're not nearly as bad as, as people are making them out to be. True. I don't think it's good or one of the best units in the league that some people might say they are, but I think Luke Getze did a phenomenal job, or at least a fine job, in creating plays that work to the lineman's strengths and getting guys outside to move the ball downfield. So I was satisfied with what I saw. True. If, as you mentioned, RD 
pulls hit on a left tackle in the draft, that is a monstrous impact to be able to protect the blind side. True because of what Jack just said. We're playing the long game here, folks. This is this is for the future. You potentially have a left tackle that you drafted in the fifth round. You also didn't have two of the starters or presumed starters along the line. I think that there's enough positive to go forward from that. I'll say true-ish. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, I'm bummed about Schofield. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like Again, I was very, very excited about that. It's still a preseason game, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but aside from Braxton Jones, I wasn't overly thrilled. We'll see what happens. All right, gentlemen, this is one that Jack and I were spending a lot of time talking about, and so I'm excited. Uh, David Montgomery will sign an extension at some point to play with the Chicago Bears. On this one, let's go Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Very tough. Right off the bat, I'm just going to say false because I just, I made a comment on Twitter that I thought Khalil Herbert and him aren't all that different. I realize Montgomery is better, but I just, you look at the landscape in the NFL of running backs and it's just like, you're either elite or you're pretty much everybody else. So I love David Montgomery. I just, I guess God instinct says no right now. I will say false as well. And I, I think it's because of what we just mentioned. I think both Herbert, Herbert and Ebner look promising. And as we've discussed before, we're no longer in the era of, you know, the LTs of the world where everything centers around your running back. Not that they're interchangeable, but they seem to be more available and nomadic. At this point, I'll say false as well. And I actually would have said true a week ago, but the fact that a report came out that polls is waiting to see how Montgomery looks in the offense to even have those contracts talks for next season, I think says a lot. And like you boys just said, Khalil Herbert looked decent, but Tristan Ebner looked really good. And if you have another one, two punch there, Montgomery definitely becomes expendable. Yeah. I'll say false as well. The bears look like, look like they have drafted well from the running back position last couple of years. And, uh, if you look at San Francisco and the Shanahan model, they seem to recycle no-name running backs in and out of that place without a problem. So I don't know, uh, to your point, Logan, I, I think you're if you're not elite, you're everybody else and you're expendable. I think Poles wants to spend money in other places. And if he's got running backs and it maybe drafts another one somewhere down the road, it just doesn't happen. So I think that is also false which I'm kind of bummed about guys. I like David Montgomery and I'd like to see him get another contract with the bears, but I just don't see it happening. All right, gentlemen, Tajay Sharp, who has had a really good camp and had a really, really great catch on the sideline. And Jack Sanborn will both make the 53 man roster for this one. Let's go. Brennan, Patrick, Logan, Jack, and I will finish it up. True. Uh, for Sharp, he's got a really favorable position because so many receivers are hurt and he's clearly developing a rapport with Justin Fields. I saw it in camp and you saw that carry over in the very next, well, I guess, two days. Um, but the next time they hit the field together um, and then Sanborn, same deal. We don't know what's growing on with Roquan Smith. The linebacker position is pretty thin right now. And I just think the opportunity is there and he's taken it. I'm going to say false only because every year there seems to be one player that we're all like, he's awesome. They got to keep him. Do not let him get to the practice squad and they don't sign him to the roster. And then they clear waivers and they're on the practice squad. But I think 
that's going to happen again this year. And uh, maybe it'll be one of those two. I think it's true just because we are such a look. We are a team that doesn't really have a lot of depth right now. I do not think Tajay Sharp is a good NFL receiver. I think he's a good NFL receiver within what you're looking at because there aren't a whole lot of NFL receivers that are on the Chicago bears right now. So true, but I just, I don't think that either of them are all that impressive. I guess more so sharp. True as well. And I agree with what Brendan said about the progression from camp to this first preseason game. There's a developing chemistry between fields and uh, Tajay Sharpie led the team in receiving with two catches for 44 yards. And I'm going to go back to my earlier point. Uh, you know, when it comes to Sanborn, uh, he, you know, he had an interception and he recovered a fumble and he seemed to be around the ball all the time. And I think as a coach, if you've got a guy that seems to be around the ball all the time, you're going to find a spot for him. And if that means special teams early on, okay. But I see both of them making the cut. I think they'll both make the cut, but I don't think we're going to see them play very much on offense or defense. I think those are core special team players uh, that will be on the team, but we're not going to see very, very much of them. Maybe a play here or there. Trevor Simeon was the best free agent signing by the Chicago Bears this offseason. Brendan, Logan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the other free agents we've had. Uh, no, false, false. Justin Jones. I mean, there's so many other guys. A lot of pe- players are hurt right now. Trevor Simeon, you brought him in to be a backup quarterback. He's the prototypical backup quarterback, and he's doing his job. He's a good locker room guy, and he can step in and, I guess, make some plays if he needs to. But I'm not going to say the backup quarterback position is the best free agent signing. That's a really bad like no pun intended bad sign if that's the case last time i checked we signed nathan peterman so false (laughs) i i don't know how i follow that so i'm just gonna say false way better free agent signings than trevor simeon i'm going to say yes true it was the best free agent signing thinking about what we discussed what you discussed ryan with the vikings folks and about how they're one quarterback away from a really awful season and i think that simeon has proven himself to be serviceable and maybe more i'm gonna say true as well i i I know this may seem crazy because they've got guys that are really really important but I don't think Justin Fields is going to play all 17 games this season. Trevor Simeon's probably going to play a couple games at some point. Justin Fields was hurt last year. He's he's a mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterbacks put themselves out and the and this will go to our next true or false statement. The league's I don't know why they let these late hits happen on Justin Fields. And one of those I I just get a feeling that Trevor Simeon is going to play this season and I think he's going to be an important person. You knock on wood, you son of a bitch. You knock on it right now. (laughs) Also, the best free agent signing and the most important free agent signing are two very different things, my friend. Dude, I'm I'm trying. I'm you know, I'm doing this shit. You stink at hosting, Dangle. (laughs) You stink. (laughs) All right. Now, gentlemen, these last couple are gonna hopefully get us fired up a little bit. So, as per the lead-in I just had. 
The NFL refuses to protect Justin Fields. Let's go, Jack, Brendan, Sheldon, Logan, and I will finish it up. True. And what the actual F-bombs to the end of the infinity F-bombs. And especially when you juxtapose it with, again, Karen Rogers, who seems to get away with freaking everything and gets protected. I don't know. Why would there be some type of, I don't even know, like special club where you do and do not get protected? Are we protecting quarterbacks' heads or aren't we? I'm going to say false just because I, I feel like there's that stupid unwritten rule within the NFL that you don't get these calls until you're well established or you're further into your career. I'm not saying that that's right thing, but I just I'll say false. Yeah, I kind of agree with Logan. I'll say false. I mean, I was really angry about the hit and not seeing a flag. And Justin Fields even said, like, well, I guess I got to play a few years longer to get that call. I mean, when have NFL rules ever been consistent? It's just sort of this BS that always goes on. And I know certain quarterbacks have gotten it, but I, I don't know. I just don't necessarily buy into that. Like the NFL is not protecting Justin Fields. I think it was just a, a bad call by a bad ref who uh, somebody pointed out is replacing the retired Tony Carrenti. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say true. I don't think it's some mass conspiracy, but th- that was a terrible call. And there've been a few of them in his career where they've been pretty blatant and the refs have missed it for whatever reason. Uh, again, I don't know. I'm not saying it's intentional, but they are missing them. It's like the Aaron judge low pitch strike. It continues to happen despite the fact that everybody in baseball knows it's below the strike zone. They keep calling it, except this is the opposite. They keep not calling it. If you go back and you look at the, the reception to Tajay Sharp, he actually got hit in the face mask in the head um, and they didn't call that either. So the more nuanced ones, I, I get it. You know, that the, the rookies, second year players, young players aren't going to get those calls, but these blatant late hits hits to the head. Um, I don't know how you miss those. I'm going to say true. I'm with you on this one, Sheldon. I don't think it is some grand conspiracy, but it keeps happening. Go back to that Pittsburgh game. Like what, what was happening? Like it was, it's just, it was awful. And I, I mean, I want them to protect this kid. I, you know, maybe he is the future. Maybe he is the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land, but protect him. He's, he's in a very vulnerable position. He's sliding the way that he's supposed to protect him. All right, gentlemen, (laughs) do I make Brendan mad first or do I make Sheldon mad first? The Chicago Bears will regret taking two defensive backs with their first two draft picks this season. Let's go Logan, Patrick, Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. False. Because I said Jaquan Brisker looked so good. You stick to your board. You're a rebuilding team that's this isn't going to happen overnight this is going to happen one year if brisker is is anything of what he looks like it's going to be a good thing no regrets no regrets (laughs) yeah we already saw the tweets coming out like it's not going to be long before the narrative changes from how do they take a safety in this their first pick in the or uh second pick in the second round to how is this guy still available in the second round i think brisker's a stud he looked fantastic um, I think when Gore gets out on the field, you're going to see very similar play. So no, I, no regrets at all. you got two stud starters at huge positions that Phil needs that the, this defense has. Um, I don't think you ever regret that. 
false. They will not regret it. Uh, I also think that they, so far, they've polls have shown a keen eye to this point. I give them credit. And I think when you're talking about higher risk reward wide receivers, it's a crapshoot. And it, I can't. I don't think the Bears could have afforded to miss on one of those wide receivers. And had they missed, I think that would have stunted the growth that we're going to see. I'll say false as well. No regrets. I mean, and I'm sure this is kind of leading to the George Pickens has looked really good in camp and in the preseason. And how could the Bears potentially have passed on him? But we saw everybody said it. Brisker looks fantastic. And from what we saw limited, at least from Gordon, he's probably going to be really, really solid as well. And I'm excited to see what he does. The Bears had needs all over the freaking place. And if you get two stud defenders, you had two picks, okay? You had two second-round picks. You didn't have three. Maybe there wasn't a trade to happen. But, yeah, I don't think you regret it at all just because there was another player that also is doing well. True. Absolutely, positively true. Hear me out, gentlemen. Jaquan Brisker was an absolute stud of a pick. And you know what? I, I, I think I remember saying very clearly – I like Jaquan Brisker, the player. Kyler Gordon, you know what? I think you probably could have gotten a DB maybe in the third round when you got Bayless Jones. Because right now, Pierce in Indianapolis is already listed as a starter. Sky Moore looked pretty darn good in limited action, mind you, in a preseason game. And Pickens looks like an absolute stud that you missed out on. Justin Fields needs weapons that are not named Darnell Mooney and he doesn't have them. And right now, Cole Komet, your, your second best weapon is sitting on the sidelines. Nikhil Harry, he's out for a while. I, 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 I am a broken record. When I say this boys, I am just so sick of this organization saying, let's just load up our defense. It's the 21st century. Give Justin Fields a legitimate weapon. That isn't Darnell Mooney. I'm so sick of it. I thought we weren't overreacting to the preseason. <laughs> We've already Here got we three rookie wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, okay, maybe. But all I'm saying <laughs> is, is the, fa- this, the fact is that we needed an offensive weapon. And Bayless Jones is sitting on the sidelines right now. Maybe he's going to be really good. Maybe, and maybe I'll eat my words. But right now, I don't think I, – I said it when, when they drafted these two guys that they should have gotten one of those three wide receivers, and I'm sticking to my guns on this one. That's that's going to be a fun question to revisit at midseason because then we'll actually – we'll know. Yeah. We'll know then. Keep all your receipts, RD. Keep mm-hmm. them all and just whoosh, just splash the pot with them. When CVS receipt. All of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen. The Bears will be negatively impacted by Soldier Field's turf or will have to postpone a game at some point this season. Let's go. Brendan, Sheldon, Logan, Jack, and I will finish it up. I mean, the Bears have been negatively affected by Soldier Field's turf forever now. So is this like a new revelation? I mean, they're not going to have a game postponed or anything, but this is just free. I'm so mad. I really am. Like to have an NFL stadium look the way that Soldier Field did with so many divots and so much sand areas on the field in the year of our Lord 2022 is just unacceptable. I mean, Dangle's laughing, but this is so 
This is so dumb, okay? And this is exactly why the Bears are trying to move to Arlington Heights. I don't give a damn about what Lori Lightfoot's trying to do with these renderings and showing, oh, all of these new, you know, domes and amenities and all that. The turf sucks. It always has sucked. And the park district doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And I don't want to hear Patrick Mahomes say, well, it's a pretty good stadium. I don't know. It's got a lot of history. I don't give a damn. Get to Arlington Heights. The Bears have always been negatively affected by this stadium because they can't get a good offense because the field itself just doesn't condone or it doesn't support players and that sort of, I don't know, I'm running out of words here. They don't support that type of offense, and we heard it from players themselves. Sheldon, before you go, just just really quick. Brennan, I, I was laughing because I was just I'm, – I'm right there with you. Like, I, I'm always trying to hype you up. I'm, I'm your – your hype I man. I know. I, I'm just, I, I'm fired. I up. was amped up before and, and now I'm, I'm amped up with you, buddy. So. I gotcha. I know. I know. I'm just, when you see those pictures and you see the charter franchise of the NFL play on a field like that. And when people say, Oh, it's not a problem. Other teams have done it. Yeah. The Raiders did it. And look what they did. They moved out of town and now they suddenly got good again. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say true. I mean, guys, it wasn't that long ago uh, that, you know, recent Ring of Honor inductee Lionel Catfish Stevenson uh, suffered a, a career ending injury because of the turf at Soldier Field. And I'm, I'm guessing by the Stoke faces, nobody saw that tweet. And that joke went over everybody's head. But Jack's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, go look at the tweet. It'll be a lot funnier if you see the tweet before. I, my comment, but that's not possible. So never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll impact a game. It does every year. The, <laughs> the game won't be postponed. I'm with you, Brendan, but it, it's going to affect a game. Hopefully not a game ending kick, um, but it, it will, it will impact a game. I'll say false because when you get publicly embarrassed on, on an, on a national stage and it's a big thing that's talked about on Twitter, you have to do something about it. Right. Like uh, smart people would realize that they're being embarrassed and they would do something about it. So I'm going to assume that smart people run a very valuable franchise and that those smart people don't want to be embarrassed anymore. Oh, Logan, you sweet, sweet child. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say true, although like you all, I don't think there will be a postponement. I'm going to. I think tangent off of what Brendan said just a little bit, and I alluded to it earlier. The park district in the city of Chicago is now is sending the Bears a very clear message, and they've been sending that message for years, and we maybe haven't seen it as clearly because we're like Soldier Field, Soldier Field, iconic. The Bears have always played there. It's on the lakefront, but when it when the rubber meets the road, where the actual players are playing on the surface. The park district is saying we give zero F's. We're having a concert the night before. That's what we're going to do. And I mentioned it last year, too. The amount of sand that got tossed down every time there was a commercial break on that field was it's disgusting. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Real quick, I watched a Vegas had a thing where they were like pulling up their turf and then they're rolling in their brand new grass that they had just meticulously, you know, taken care of. And then they roll that out and they put the new turf in. I mean, come on. It's so Mickey Mouse at this point. It's ridiculous. True. Everybody knows that it's true. Uh, I, I really want you guys to think back to this. Can you think of a Bears season where you watched all 16 games and it wasn't brought up at least 
once, especially as we start to get to the November and December games, there's always some, you know, close up shot by Fox of, hey, look, this big chunk of turf just popped up. Can can you remember a time when that wasn't nope. a thing? No, no, no. It, it becomes a talking point so many times. And I just want to add one thing that Logan said. You'd think that people who are competent would, after being embarrassed like this, would get their you-know-what together. 11 years ago, Family Fest was canceled because the Bears players went to the field. They saw how bad it was. They canceled it every for all the fans. They just practiced at Bourbon A. What's changed? What's changed? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's the Bears in a nutshell. Yep. Gentlemen, I've been very, very anxious to talk to you guys about this one, and I saved it for last. You guys know that it's coming. Roquan Smith will play for the Chicago Bears in 2022. For this one, we're going to go Jack, Logan, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. True. He played a card. He played it poorly. He put all the power back in the hands of Bears management and Ryan Poles. He's under contract. He's losing money every time he doesn't practice. He's apparently soliciting offers or interest. He's not supposed to be doing that. He is going to come to his senses. Cooler heads are going to prevail. He's been offered a reasonable contract. He's going to take that contract and he's going to play for the Bears this year. Yeah, very good summation. True. It, it just feels like the momentum of whatever this negotiation is the past week. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of people, it seems, on Roquan's side, even though fantastic player, uh, seems like a fantastic guy. But you can feel the momentum in polls and the Bears' favor. So I do think that you see Roquan Smith play this year. Yeah, it's not often you want to feel polls' momentum, but anywho. Uh, I think true. He plays for the bears this year for two reasons. He has zero leverage and I don't think polls is going to get any value uh, commensurate with Roquan Smith's ability based on where he's at in his contract negotiations. Uh, so I don't think they're going to get value in return and he has no leverage. So he plays this year. True. For all of the reasons you guys already said, the only thing I'll add is that if Roquan does choose to hold out the season and actually play that card, he loses his unrestricted free agent rights the next season. So he literally has no leverage unless he says I'm going to retire or you trade me. That's pretty much the only card he can play at this point. If he really does want to get traded, he will play at some point for the bears. I'm going to say true, but before I go any further, I want to say thank you to Patrick Sheldon, uh, in particular, I think you guys already know that I tend to be a little bit more reactionary than you guys, which I, I give you huge amounts of credit for. Patrick, I think you and I probably disagree more on this pod than just about anybody else. And I want you to know truly, dude, truly friend to friend that I uh, respect you so very much for always showing me a different perspective, showing me a different way of doing things. And, you know, sometimes when I was mad when, when I saw that, that stuff from Roquan, I was mad because like it or not, this is the best player that you have right now. Justin Fields is by far the most important dude and his development is the most important, but right now Roquan Smith is the best player. And I get Jack, you think you've made the point so very well that if they put him at will, do you spend that much money on a will linebacker? But I think where the question should be instead, do you spend that much money on the best player on 
the defensive side of the football? And my answer is yes, you know, give, give him some money. I mean, I don't think he should, you know, break the bank, but Patrick, again, I want to go back to it. I just, I think you were, did a really good job of like, Hey, Dengle, make sure you're looking at it from this, 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 and this. And just every week, dude, we always disagree about something. And I just want you to know how much I freaking appreciate you for that. Guys, I have breaking Roquan Smith news. It, legit breaking news. Roquan Smith is the 84th top 100 player of the year. You. Yeah. You. How about that? I, 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 I thought we were about, Shells and I were about to have a moment. And I, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I screwed that up. <laughs> Just ruined get us. that out of there. I'm sorry. I saw that pop up and I got it. was wholesome. Well, I saw, I saw Jack waving his hand and then you jumped in with the breaking news. I thought this was going to be something. And we were talking you know, Roquan and then it just, you wow. know, I, I'm sorry. That was mean. I'm going to go. Yeah, that was now. like a. I'm starting to feel good about this podcast. <laughs> Listener, he actually, he, he left. He, he left for a moment. <laughs> Perhaps appropriately so after that. It's a timeout. Think of it as a timeout. timeout. <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is, is as I perused the payrolls of most of the major successful organizations in the NFL, few, if any, pay the outside linebacker within the top five of the most paid players on their team. And... Conversely, middle to bottom teams frequently do pay their outside linebackers quite a bit of money. Now, for whatever that's worth, that to me was just more evidence that Poles seems to have a broader perspective and is trying to build this thing correctly. I was going to say something about you and then Brendan ruined the moment and then left. Mm. So I'll have to save it for... Uh, you guys want to get a separate room? There's breakout rooms. Yeah. Like yeah you guys Zoom, can, you know. There's breakout rooms... Where you guys, could, I think there's champagne. No, you know what? I'm not going to, Brennan, I'm not going to let you take away our moment. I'm going to say it right now. Dangle, thank you. I appreciate that. And I love our debates. And for those that are listening that think like we get on on board and, and, and you know, we're all on the same page, it's not the case. You should read our chat. Well, no, you shouldn't read our chats, actually. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, no. But let's just take my word for it. We don't agree on everything. But uh, I love the way that we're able to talk things out. And even if we don't, see eye to eye we at least appreciate and understand each other's perspective so thank you for that i feel the same way i i just i'm a firm believer in civil discourse and while i think it is a thing that is disappearing in the age of social media people just want to be proven right as opposed to learning about things and i just i hope that there are other people i know there are other people out there that when they listen it's just like hey you know what i wasn't right about that situation and i reacted and i had a, a visceral reaction to to the Roquan situation. And I think like a lot of people did, you know, I, I had a tweet that that got quite a quite a good reception when I said, pay the man. I still want him on the Chicago Bears. And I know, I think all of us want him to play for the Chicago Bears, but it's just, you got to do it the right way. And so I, I give you guys props for that. So thank you. Gentlemen, it is time to get to Jack's question. Jack, what do you got for us this week? All right, boys, I have a question for you and I can give you a backup question if you can't think of one. Uh, if you can't think of an answer immediately to this particular question. Um, but I am curious, uh, what would be your dream job combination? So in other words, and I can go first to, to give you some time to think and also to uh, to come up with an answer. So if I had a... And keep it PG, Patrick Sheldon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that smirk, man. And I... And I thought of uh, clearly thought well, of that what, you know when when you said combination i'm like what two jobs 
uh, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm anxious to hear a little bit more about the question. So if I had to choose two jobs that would be a combination of my favorite two jobs, it would be a landscape architect and a sports talk radio host. Why? Landscape architect, the job that I do, there's no tangible evidence of what I've done from day to day. I have no idea if I have succeeded or not in the in the job that I currently do. You you work on a lawn, you do land, I did a lot of that through, you know, my 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 college summers. You get done, you see it, it's tangible, it's right there. And the other one has always just been a dream job of mine. I you know, I've been calling into talk shows forever trying to just get on the air if I could talking with Ryan in the office turned into this and I couldn't be more thankful. All right. So we'll go, uh, dream job combinations, uh, Ryan, Logan, Shells, Brendan. Forest park ranger and musician. Uh, I, this is going to throw people off cause we talk every week as, as like an addition to my real job. But I, I really like my alone time and like just time to walk out in the woods and just be away from people. Like, just, I just, just, I love it. I got a chance to go out to Colorado. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago and uh, just to be out in the mountains is just, it would be awesome. And then musician um, in an earlier life, that's what I was trying to do with my life and was in a band and we, we almost, almost had, you know, we almost had a thing going and uh, it just didn't come to fruition. And that would have been awesome if it did. I would be a professional golfer who on the side is a Italian beef taste tester. Um, do I need to explain why that would be awesome? <laughs> no. The Italian beef part, I certainly don't. Just I don't think that job exists, but I just made it up. Um, but the professional golfer who, I mean, it's ironic that I say that I played golf this morning and like, I don't think anyone in the history of golf has played worse uh, than I did this morning, but it would just be amazing. Play some golf. But you probably had a pro. beef afterwards and then everything was fine. Uh, yep. Yep. It would have made the round better if I had one. Yeah. Logan, did you see the bear? On Hulu oh, yeah. FX? God, what a good that that show. One made me miss Chicago so much. And then two, like made me want to get in the kitchen and like make a box of mac and cheese and like be super <laughs> stressed about it. <laughs> so good. So yes, freaking very good. good show. Shells, I'm going to say yeah. career. What to career? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm again, I'm glad you clarified. I thought like the jobs had to be interrelated somehow. Like, you know, they, they, they had to be like a, a job and a side hustle that were somehow connected. So um, I'm relieved for that reason. And that reason only that you provide additional context. Uh, I think my top two jobs or careers, uh, professional baseball player, you guys know, um, uh, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport by far. And uh to be a professional baseball player would have been amazing. And then a late night talk show host, I think would be a ton of fun to just kind of like talk to folks, make jokes, make fun of each other, play stupid games. Jimmy Fallon just seems like he has a pretty fun life. Um, I don't know if it's a good life, but it seems fun. So those would be my top two. I've honestly been racking my brain. This is tough. Um, I would say musician. So dangle, same kind of thing. Um, you know, I, uh, I play the saxophone. I actually just, uh, just got it out of uh you know mothballs a little bit ago um trying to I saw that you know 
play played a little bit yeah i was the same thing i i was in a, quite a few bands uh we did some things it was it was fun and honestly once i started doing bear stuff i kind of couldn't didn't have time for it anymore um but trying to get back into it a little bit so musician and then i think something i've always wanted to do is just be a voice impressionist and just kind of like to do like uh impressions for you know animation be a voice actor uh i think that'd be a lot of fun all right gentlemen it's just it's so much better when all of us are together the family is back together Man, some of the stuff will make it to to all of your ears and some of this will get edited. I laughed a lot, boys. So it was a great one. Great episode. All right. It is time to give shout outs. Shout outs, boys. Anyone that might be listening to the podcast for shout outs this week. Let's go Jack, Logan, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Okay, I've got some newfound friends from the Twitter machine that uh, began following me rather recently. I'd like to shout out Thomas is it Loper? Thomas Loper, I believe. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, he is at T underscore L-O-P-E-R-1. I'd like to shout out uh, Eberflus Maximilist. Hopefully I said that right as well. Uh, he's at Colt McAdams. It's just how it sounds. Um, this one's kind of a cool one. Uh, I think you guys interact with him as well. Um, Owen Hardisma. He's a high schooler, and one of his like pinned tweets is that someday he is going to broadcast uh, a, a national baseball or football game. He's got this goal to be a broadcaster, and it's really cool. Uh, he is, and his even his tagline's cool. He's uh, or his handle is at shy sports kid, and that's with a, a Z in there, sports kid. And then last but not least, uh, Jonathan A. Hand. I mean, dude's holding a beer. He's drinking a beer in his profile picture. <laughs> that's just, that's money. Uh, he's at, uh, at Jonathan A. Hand on Twitter. I've never shouted her out. So I just want to shout out Heidi, the, the most wholesome person on Bear's Twitter. In my opinion, that's at H-E-I-D-I-A-C-A. And then second one is uh, is just the the story. I don't. I'm sure some of you guys heard about it, but Winton Bernard. He was a guy who was in the minors for ten years, and he he got a call up to play for the Rockies in the major leagues this past week. And just the video of him facetiming his mom and them both basically breaking down like that. That was seriously one of the coolest things I've ever watched in my life. It just pulls at every last heartstring because it's just like. You can, everyone can connect with that feeling of wanting something so bad, but not everybody can put 10 years of work into it. So if you haven't seen that video, go look it up. Winton Bernard, just incredible stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, Logan. I, I haven't seen the video. I heard it, but I got to go check it out. Uh, my two shout outs. The first is uh, Mama Bear. She is at My Bears 2. Uh, I didn't see this picture. She's the only one I've seen who has posted it. And uh, it's a screen grab from the game. And the way that Justin Fields and Luke Getz are looking at each other, I want anybody to look at me that way just once. Uh, it is a stark contrast from the way that um, Justin Fields, you know, kind of was like trying to get away from Matt Nagy as he's embracing him, trying to pull him in to tell him God knows what. Uh, Last year, I think it was during the Steelers game, maybe. But anyway, you could tell those two are on the same page from that look. It was uh, it was pretty steamy. Uh, and then my last shout out is to JT O'Sullivan. I, I teased it a little bit earlier. 
uh, at the QB school. He puts out tremendous videos. He did a great one about Justin Fields' performance uh, in the first preseason game. Again, I I don't want to spoil a lot of it, but just go watch it because I think you'll have a different perspective on how he played or at least a more in-depth understanding and perspective of, of what happened. But the thing that was super encouraging is he got through all of his reads, sometimes five progressions on multiple plays. Uh, that's progress. And I know Olin Krutz talked about it in one of his tweets about, you know, moving protections um, and recognizing protections and that sort of thing shows progress. Now he's going through multiple progressions in a brand new offense. Uh, I just, I know I've been high on this kid for a while. I got, he's got everything. He's got the mental makeup. He's got the physical ability. I really think he's going to start to put it together this year. And those signs are very promising. Yeah, Shells, real quick. I'll definitely agree with the progressions. Just seeing him at camp, it it does seem noticeable. So I'm really excited to check that out. So thank you for the reminder. Uh, my couple shout outs. First off, uh, Rocky Bear 54. Uh, one of just such a fun Bears follow on Twitter. He's been a big supporter, and he's always making me laugh. I mean, he's he's sending out memes, and um, you know, just a really fun guy to interact with. I went on a podcast this past week, Chicago Football Connection, uh, with Steve. That was a really fun time. We talked a lot of Roquan Smith stuff, uh, but he's doing really good. Like I, I kind of recently got introduced to him, um, but I've been really happy with kind of interacting with him on Twitter. So follow him, uh, the Chicago Football Connection. I believe it's at CFC Football. I mentioned I was able to go to camp again. That was not possible without Nick Stiglick, I believe is how you say his name. He was very gracious in gifting me a ticket. Just reached out on, I put something out on Twitter. He uh, got back to me. He's like, Hey, I have a ticket if you want it. Like, you know, don't really know him. So that was really cool of him. So thank you, Nick. Shout out to you for allowing me to go to camp on Thursday. And then finally, just the, everybody who voted me as the best fantasy draft there on Logan's is. podcast. Uh, thank you guys for congratulating me. Um, oh, you know, nice. had to keep you had just had to, you know, really get that out there. Everybody's been really, really gracious about the congratulations. I've heard from every single one of you. That's not true. I hadn't heard from any of you, <laughs> but congrats. I believe I, I retweeted something about you winning. Begr- you know what, Jack, you're right. You're right. You did. You, you were, I think you might've been the one, but no, it's uh, second place I, is the first loser. <laughs> I'm just uh thank you to everybody who voted and participated. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, great idea, Logan. And it was just fun to hear everybody's reactions and reasonings for who they thought uh, was the best, which was me. If I would, <laughs> if any of us would have had more time to prepare for that, I definitely would have drafted differently. So being on the spot and people are like, one of which is Jack's son raked me over the coals for how did you pick this player? I'm like, cause I just, it just happened quickly. I wasn't thinking. Okay. That's those what happened. Two, those, my kids are, are vicious. They're brutal. Yes. yes I had are. a few people. I had a few people just, bullying. they reached out. They were like, how did that guy pick Mac before her lacquer? I was like, <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> All of my shout outs are not on Twitter. So really, really quickly. Joe and Brian Berg for giving Jack and I free bears tickets. Like that never, ever, ever happens. And so thank you both so very much. Uh, We had a blast going down to the city. It was a really good time. Dan Iverson, Brian Heifel and Kevin Olefsky. Kevin Olefsky couldn't make our Vikings pod, but I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to it. 
they were really, 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 really good. Uh, Kevin wanted to be a part of it, but Dan and Brian, I think they just knocked it out of the park and it was, it was fun to do. So I'm really looking forward to the Lions one and just kind of interacting with some other fan bases. It's funny thus far, both teams, both fans chose their team to win the NFC North. We'll see if the Lion fans follow suit. If they do, that's going to be a, I'm going to have a hard time keeping a straight face on that one. Folks, thank you so very much for listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We have an absolute blast doing this every week, and it is just more fun knowing that some of you are enjoying it. We know that you can get your Bears content anywhere, so anytime that you're sharing this with a friend, that you're liking, you're subscribing, you're doing any one of those things, we we, we just we can't put it into words how much it means to us uh, that you are liking and enjoying this content. For all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, that's Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Logan Bradley, and I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very much. Bear Down, Chicago. Yeah.